Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Colossians, chapter 2, verses 6 to 10. The Apostle Paul says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. For in Christ all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God, thank you for this time together in your word as we understand uh, how you want to work in and through our lives. Let us just give ourselves over to this time and understanding the message you want to speak to us this morning. We just give you thanks that we can gather together and hear your word, hear it preached, and understand your word in our hearts through your spirit. We ask your blessing upon us in this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Whenever I turn on my TV, it goes first to Spectrum, the Spectrum channel, and there's usually news on these days. And what is being talked about in the news is, I'm sure you can guess, the coronavirus. There's constant news about how many people are being infected and how many people are dying. Along with that, there's this constant bar that is scrolling across that is reminding us of all the businesses and entertainment and schools that have been closed. All, again, because of the coronavirus. It is difficult to think of anything else. But even worse, this constant barrage, I believe, just brings more fear to people. Now, don't get me wrong. I think this is to be taken seriously. I think we need to practice social distancing and, and be safe in, in our lives. But I don't believe we need to hear about it 24-7. I think so many people these days have their focus in the wrong place because it's hard to focus on anything other than the coronavirus and what might be. The news is so often talking about the what-ifs instead of the reality of what is. They say if this happens, then this many people will die. And the longer this goes on, the more we hear this kind of news, the more unsettled and, and nervous and fearful people are getting. So this morning I want to conclude our Living in Uncertain Times series by looking at how we should live in the midst of this pandemic that is all around us. When I was in my late teens, I remember one night when I had been at my friend's house and I got in my car and I got ready to drive home and as I started to drive home, I realized it was foggy. I mean, it was really foggy. It was so foggy that you couldn't see more than five feet in front of the car. I'd never driven in fog like this and so at first there was some fear that came upon me. I, I wondered if I should turn back and, and go back to my friend's house and stay the night there. But then I, I said a prayer and I asked God to be with me and this peace came upon me. I remember feeling God just say to me, trust in me, take it slow, and all will be well. So instead of looking forward like you normally do when you drive, I looked down and to the left where the, the white line was. And I just took my time. I, I decreased my speed and 
And what would normally have taken me 15 minutes to get home took me probably about 40. But I got home safely, and, and all the while I felt this great peace as I was driving home. Apostle Paul tells us in Colossians 2.6, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him. Being a Christian isn't just about accepting Jesus so that you can have uh, eternal life in heaven. Being a Christian is more than just accepting Christ as your Savior. Being a Christ follower means that you are rooted in Christ. Meaning that once we believe that Jesus is our Savior, and once we, we ask Him to be our Savior and our Lord, then we become rooted in Him. And all that we think and all that we do comes through Jesus as a source of our life and our wisdom. We cannot be built up in Christ or grow in Him unless we are first rooted in Him and founded upon Him. Being established in the faith, we seek Him more and more. It is in times like this that we're going through now that we need to really be founded in Christ. We need to be rooted in Christ. This will help us when we are feeling this fog all around us, when we can't see what is going to be. I've talked to people who, they're in their homes, they're not going anywhere, but they're still fearful in the midst of all that they are hearing around them. Being rooted in Christ helps us as we're feeling like we're in this fog. As we are rooted in Christ, we can find stable footing and deeper faith in times of challenge and upheaval. Imagine for a moment the, the scene where the disciples were in the boat and Jesus was in the back and he was asleep. And all of a sudden, this storm came upon them. And the wind was blowing and the waves were crashing on the boat. And they were fearful. And so they went and they woke Jesus up. And you know the story. What did Jesus do? He calmed the storm. And in his coming of the storm, we see that it gave the disciples a deeper faith. They realized the power that Jesus possessed, the authority that Jesus possessed, and they realized they needed to put their faith in Christ all the more. And when they did, things would be okay. Colossians 2.7 starts out by saying, Strengthened in the faith as you were taught. Now we are taught about God through the scriptures, through the Bible. But we're also taught about God and faith through life's circumstances. We learn that God is a personal God who walks with us in our trials. We learn that God is powerful over all things and uses that power to protect us. We learn that God is there to calm our storms when we put our faith, our trust in Him, and we call out to Him. As Jesus was with the disciples in their storm, so Jesus will be with us in our storms. Do not miss this fact. God is with you right now. When you are rooted in your faith in Christ, you can be strengthened in your faith all the more. As you see God working through the trials and the challenges and the hardships and the difficulties of your life. Then Colossians 2.7 ends with these words, and overflowing with thankfulness. During this time of isolation, you might not be too thankful. Maybe you're struggling mentally and emotionally. Maybe you're struggling financially. You might have lost your job. You're not working. You're trying to find a job, and it's a difficult time. Maybe you're struggling with your future. You do not have an overflow of thankfulness. 
And I want to challenge you for a moment. Usually when people hear this word thankful, they think about good things, about good times. You're thankful when the many good things and blessings come into your life. You're thankful when you're comfortable and things are good. But I think we need to broaden our understanding of what it means to have a thankful spirit. Another letter that Paul wrote, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, he says this, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. When I finished college and I moved out from my parents' house, I had gotten a job at a church in Alta Loma. And I found a, a house where I could rent a room and live there in Ontario, not too far from the church. I thought I had everything all situated, everything was good, but right before I was supposed to start my job, I remember having a conversation with the pastor of the church. Now, it was my friend who was the director of high school of the student ministries who actually uh, hired me to do the job for junior high ministry. But when I met with the pastor, he told me that they were actually cutting back that position a little bit, cutting back the hours and the pay. And as I looked at that, I realized I didn't have enough money now to pay for my living expenses. Was I supposed to be thankful in the midst of that circumstance? Well, the answer is yes. Because if we are truly rooted in Christ and strengthened in our faith, then we trust in God. And when we put our trust in God, we know that God will work things out. And so I remember praying to God and asking God to work things out, and indeed He brought me a couple of other part-time jobs that I could supplement my income, and therefore allowed me to be able to, to move out and start my job at the church. In the end, things did work out. The thankfulness isn't for the hardship we're going through, but the fact that God is present with us in the midst of that hardship. We can be thankful that we have a church family that cares about us and is there to help us. We can be thankful that God is always present in all of the circumstances we've gone through, in the highs and the lows and the good and the bad, that God is walking with us. And in this we overflow with thankfulness because we know that God cares for us. We are thankful because we are rooted in Christ and strengthened in our faith. But we need to understand that at this point, God needs to increase, and we need to decrease. A few days ago, I got an email from a friend, as she's been going through this isolation, and she was having some time of reflection, and she wrote these words to me in the email. She says, I've been running around busy chasing after my own personal goals and financial security and have failed to love God with my whole heart, mind, spirit, and body. I disobeyed God's Ten Commandments and have failed to love God and my neighbors as I love myself. I needed this break to reflect and reset my life back to serving Him only. And I humbly ask God to forgive my selfish, stubborn ways, to do things my way in my own time, disregarding God's plan for my life. And then she says, Please pray for me to be more holy and godly, to pursue holiness beyond all other life goals and pursuits, and to be wise in matters that pertain to God. This was such a great email when I received this, because I saw that she realized that she was not living for God. 
She was really living for herself. She realized that she was being stubborn and selfish and needed to reset her life back to following the commands of God, to love God with all of her heart and soul and mind and strength, and to love her neighbor as herself. She needed this time of isolation to give her time to reflect, to be still, and to get her life back in order. Colossians 2.8 tells us, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. Matthew Henry is a theologian, and he, he's written a commentary on the, the whole Bible. And he writes these words in, in reference to Colossians 2.8. He says, There's a philosophy which rightly exercises our reasonable faculties, a study of the works of God which leads us to the knowledge of God and confirms our faith in Him. But there is a philosophy which is vain and deceitful, and while it pleases man's fancies, it hinders their faith. Those who walk in the way of the world are turned from following Christ. We need to be like John the Baptist. John the Baptist gained some popularity and some standing with the people. But he realized that that was not what he wanted and not what God wanted for him. And so John says these amazing words in John 3.30. He says, he must increase, I must decrease. Of course, he's talking about Jesus and Jesus' place in his life. And it is in times like this, as we're going through this pandemic, as we're going through this time of isolation, it is in times like this that we realize we need to seek and understand God's place in the world, and in the church, and in our lives. We must decrease so that God's will and God's work can increase. We cannot be true Christ followers, and we cannot truly appreciate our life, and we cannot truly make a difference in the kingdom of God until we begin to decrease and allow Christ to increase in our life, to let Christ reign in our life. Now let me put this in perspective for you as we read the next two verses in Colossians 2, verses 9 to 10. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. Now this is a key passage where we understand that Jesus was not just God in the flesh. He was God in the flesh. He was fully God. And as deity, the fullness of God is in him. Because he is fully God, he has all power and wisdom of God. Because he is fully God, he has all power and authority over all things. He uses that power and that authority to bring glory to his life, to bring glory to the Father, and to walk according to the will of God. This is why he doesn't heal every disease or stop every calamity, because there are things in this world that need to happen as part of a fallen and infallible world. So we trust in the Lord that he will be with us in all things, and the result will happen as God proposes. Because he was human, though, he was able to sacrifice himself on our behalf and pay the penalty of our sin to gain for us forgiveness of our sin and eternal life. Because he was human, 
He understands the struggle and the temptation and the pain and the heartache that we experience. Because he was human, he sympathizes with us and understands the support and the comforting that we need. Because he was human, he knows how to bring the fullness into our lives of what he desires for us. That is why we need to give ourselves over to God in challenging times because He understands what we're going through. He understands what we need. Let us not be fooled into thinking that we know what is best. Let us not get caught up in the momentary problems without first looking to Christ, trusting in the Lord, in His plan for the world, for the church, for our lives. We must let Christ increase in us so that we will not be deceived by the world, but will be brought to fullness in Him. Picture for a moment a mother with a small child, and you start to walk up to talk to that mother, and what does the child do? Well, more often than not, the child usually walks over and kind of hides between the mother's legs. Why does the child do that? Because the the girl or the boy believes that that is a place of safety. That is a, a place of refuge. The child is afraid. Maybe the child doesn't know you very well. So the child's a little afraid and believes that the mother will protect him or her. And so they go to this place of refuge. The psalmist in Psalm 91 verses 5 to 7 writes some beautiful words here about refuge. He says, You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Now, as I talked about at the beginning of the sermon, we all have a sense of fear during this time of the pandemic, this time of the coronavirus. It can be healthy to have fear, but it is not healthy to let that fear overwhelm us. One of my favorite authors is C.S. Lewis. He's an apologist and talks about the truth of God in, in even the most difficult of circumstances in life. And one of the books he wrote that I really love is a book called The Screwtape Letters. Now this book is about a senior devil named Screwtape who is mentoring a junior devil whose name is Wormwood. And Screwtape is trying to help Wormwood understand that their goal is to keep people from believing in Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. But if they do come to believe in Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord, then their next step is to try to keep them from serving the Lord and really living their life for Christ. And so he encourages Wormwood to turn humans' minds to just run wildly. And he says these words. He says, We want that person to be in the maximum uncertainty so that their mind will be filled with contradictory pictures of the future. See, Satan wants us to be uncertain about our future. Satan wants to be fearful of our security. Now, Lewis, in response to this kind of thinking, this argument says that we need to accept with patience the tribulation that has actually been dealt to us, the present anxiety and suspense. It is our challenge, he says, to take it up like Jesus took up his cross. We should acknowledge our fear, ask God for help, 
and then pray as Christ taught us, Thy will be done. When we do that, C.S. Lewis says, an amazing thing begins to happen. The power that fear holds over us, if not eliminated, is at least diminished, and we find strength to carry on. Now, C.S. Lewis wrote these words back in 1942, and so he wasn't talking about the coronavirus, but I do think it is great advice for us in this time as we are dealing with some fearfulness, as we are dealing with an uncertain future. Even more, we need to understand that God is present and hears our prayers, hears our cry for help. Psalm 91, verses 14 to 15. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him, I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. Aren't those great words? Aren't those comforting words? When we place ourselves in the Lord's hands, which we do when we love the Lord with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength, we come under God's protection. God will watch over us. God will hear us. God will answer us. God will be with us in times of trouble. How comforting this is. How this gives me hope and strength to deal with any situation that comes my way. How this assures me that all will be well with the Lord. Jesus, Jesus says it this way in John 10.10. 10. He says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. There's nothing that Satan wants more for us than to doubt God's presence, to doubt God's power, to doubt God's promises. In times of hardship and seclusion, we can allow our minds to wander to these places of doubt. Don't do it. Don't let your mind go there. Jesus wants you to have abundant life. Yes, abundant life, even now. When you live your life in a way that you're living for the Lord, He makes your life fruitful and abundant and joyful. It may be just simply calling a friend, calling a neighbor and giving them a word of encouragement. It may be going and buying some groceries for someone who can't do that on their own. It may be purchasing some masks and mailing them to a hospital. I know people who are actually making masks for the hospitals and trying to use their time in isolation wisely. See, let Jesus give you a joyful and abundant life because He is making your life fruitful and effective no matter what is happening around you. Let me say that again. In Jesus, we can have an abundant, full, and fruitful life no matter what is happening around us. There's a story of a farmer who had three sons, Jim, John, and Sam. And these farmers would not go to church. I mean, the pastor tried to get them to church, but no matter what he did, they would not go to church. One day, the youngest son, Sam, gets bit by a rattlesnake. And so they call in the doctor, and the doctor tries to help Sam out. And no matter what he does, he can't help him. Sam's condition worsens. And so in desperation, they call the pastor to come and help. And the pastor arrives at the home, and he begins to pray. And he says, O wise and righteous Father, we thank you 
for your wisdom in sending this rattlesnake to bite Sam. He and his family have never been inside the church and probably never prayed, but now they are seeking your help. We trust that this experience will lead them to genuine repentance. And now, Lord, I ask that you would heal Sam. Amen. You know, sometimes it takes something big, something scary to lead us to God. And I pray that in some way that the coronavirus would, would lead people to Jesus, to, to repent of their sins, to, to accept Jesus as their Savior and Lord, to put their faith in Christ. Those of us who know Jesus as our Savior and Lord, we need to allow ourselves to be grounded in faith and let that faith keep us focused on living for Christ. In these uncertain times, we can know that God is faithful, watching over us and, and guiding us and providing for us and protecting us. That is why we must decrease and He must increase. So that we are not living into our fear, but rather living into our faith. We must let God's power work in and through us. We must let God's peace work in and through us. We must let God's wisdom work in and through us, all the more in these uncertain times, that we may be rooted in Christ, strengthened in faith, and overflowing with thankfulness. Let us pray.